Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Welcome into the Roxpile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Roxpile. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry, who we haven't done a podcast in a while because, well, one, we're busy. And two, where in the world is Kevin Henry? Well, I was luckily in Eugene, Oregon, catching up with the Spokane Indians. Uh, you can check out my interview with Zach Veen on rockspile.com, as well as one that we'll be having soon uh, with starting pitcher Tony Losi. So looking forward to that. But no, it was 61 degrees in Eugene, Oregon, whenever I was there. A little bit uh, cooler than it will be in downtown Denver this weekend for those Padres to come to town. Yeah, and as I was telling you earlier, we had it here in Ohio, too. Yep. 100 degrees. And 70% humidity. I believe, uh, as we've talked about a lot lately with the Rockies play, it, it's it's very similar. 100 degrees and 70% humidity, suboptimal and ill-advised. Two words that unfortunately have become a part of the Rockies lexicon over the last few weeks. And Noah, I think it's time for some changes. I think it's yes. time that we... Uh, as the, the purple kingdom here that we look and we say, you know what, we're, the Rockies are 10 games under 500 heading into this weekend series with the Padres. And we are recording this on Friday morning. Uh, and we understand that Sam Hilliard has been optioned to AAA Albuquerque. We do not know the corresponding move for that. Uh, with Garrett Hampson on the COVID list, with Sam Hilliard now optioned to Albuquerque, I have faint hope that the bench will be uh, fortified with some young talent, maybe some talent that we're hoping to see get some at-bats. Maybe Mr. Montero makes a return. We know Sean Bouchard has been called up from AAA to be a part of that bench. We're going to meet him later today at Coors Field. But, Noah, this is a team that it needs something injected into it, and it can't be just you just know they're going to hit. And the reason why? is you know they aren't going to hit. I Really, it's as simple as that. I mean, Manny Randawa had the tweet. Now, I, I hate to cite Manny because, you know, he doesn't believe in tacos, so he's a bad person. Um, so so um, he posted, of course, Manny is a, is a good person, but, you know, by the rules of Twitter, he's, he's a bad person. Um, so um, <laughs> he, he listed by OPS, 
the Rockies three worst seasons. And the three worst seasons are this year, last year, and the year before. And, this and I, year, it's the lowest of all of them. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's worse than the other two because the ball is not as uh, – offense has not been as high as it was the previous two years. But and there's still no question that it's not good. No. So, and, and the Rockies have been saying this, how, especially power. It's been terrible. They cannot hit for power to save their lives. Yeah, the problem has become that the Rockies have turned into a team that pitches well. The starters have done a pretty decent job this year. But it has been something that there has been little run support at times, especially lately. You know, you can look back to some moments in some series where the offense, uh, you know, showed, you know, reared its head. But for the vast majority of the season, it has been what we've seen. It's been like yesterday's game against the Guardians. Bases loaded, nobody out. The Rockies get one run out of it. And there were several instances throughout the series where you knew one hit could have turned that game around and they just can't get that hit whenever they need it. And I mean, we even talked the last time uh, we did a podcast of how um, the previous homestand, how if they just had one hit here or one hit there, one opportune hit, and instead of going, what were they on that homestand? I believe they were two and five. Yeah. And instead of going two and five, they could have been five and two. And and that feels like the story of the season, to be perfectly honest with you. It does. Um, the Rockies with inter Friday's play with a not so nice 69 uh, minus run differential, uh, which is, let's see, that is second in the net na- or third, I'm sorry, in the national league behind Washington and the Pittsburgh pirates. They are the only team in the National League West outside of Arizona with the negative run differential, and they are 13 and a half games behind the Padres, who, yes, the Padres lead the National League West coming into this weekend series at Coors Field. I think it starts and ends with hitting. I think that at some point you have to look at what has been the constant, and I think the only thing that is hotter right now than the temperatures in Denver and Ohio could well be uh, the seat that Dave Magadan sits upon. And I'm calling a spade a spade, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, there's a – now, don't get me wrong. In the last 37 games where the Rockies are 11-26 and – the pitching staff has not done well, and that, that's a big reason why they've regressed. They're, they're on pace for 94 losses. Yes. Mind you, this is when uh, just, what, two years? Last year, year before, uh, Dick Monfort interpolated, quote-unquote, um, that they would win 94 games. They're on pace to lose 94 games yep. as of this recording. So – and that's because, I mean, they're 11 and 26 in their last 37. Like you said, the pitching staff has not been great. 535 ERA is not going to help things. But when you're having, you, you can't hit for power and you're scoring four runs a game, and look at the slugging percentage. As we said, power, 368 slugging percentage. Yeah. That's not very good. 
No. And, you know, you and I were talking right before we came on the podcast about uh, the all-star game that is coming up. And, you know, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point, unless something were to happen, that Daniel Bard is going to be Colorado's representative at the all-star game. I still think had Tyler Kinley not been injured and lost for the season, uh, I think Kinley could well have been in there over Bard, but CJ Crone, a lot of people were saying he could well have a, a shot at it. his play over the last 15 games where, uh, where he's hitting, I believe, 203 during that time. Uh, it's it's submarined him just as much as having Freddie Freeman and Pete Alonso and Paul Goldschmidt uh, also competing for that first space spot in the All-Star game. Now, we didn't talk about this before, but I'd be interested to see your comparison. Uh, yeah. I, you think this comparison is good. Um, CJ Crone is last year's Ryan McMahon. Great start. Everybody thought he would be an all-star, could be even home run derby, and just plummeted. It's that's an interesting thought, you know, and and I'll be interested to see how it plays out. That's a good point, something to really watch as we head toward the all-star break. You know, how much does CJ turn around? And and another thing that really jumps out at me right now, he has one home run in his last 15 games. Yep. You know, and, and you were talking about the lack of power. That's been part of it. You know, Brendan Rodgers had the three home run game against the Marlins. Outside of that, look at the home runs that the Rockies have produced in the in the month of June. And it's it's mind-boggling how low that number is. And something else that has been a constant problem for the team in the last few years. Why don't they get power? They don't elevate the ball. Yep. If you're pounding the ball into the ground, you aren't going to hit home runs. You aren't going to hit doubles. It's you, you aren't going to get hits that often. Agreed. And look at ground ball rates on these players. And it's like, holy crap. It's, I believe it's of the top 60 in uh, the, the 60 highest of, um, of qualifiers for this year. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's six Rockies in there. Yeah. And, and again, it, you know, that's without Rymel Tapia, you know, yeah. who, who really, you know, for lack of a better term, took a beating for the beating the ball into the ground constantly. But this is something that has become a Rockies thing. It really seems like. You know, yeah, in fact, look, I'm looking at the list right now. There's three Rockies in the top 14. Can you name them? Three Rockies in the top 14. Uh, did Gritchick get in there? He is number two. Okay. I was going to say, I, I heard something the other day about how Gritchick and Tapia switched personalities. Bit of freaky Friday almost. Uh, who else <laughs> is in there? Brendan Rogers is at number All right. 10. All right. And Jose Iglesias is number 14. That would be Jose Iglesias, the only Rockies batter at this moment who is qualified, who has an over 300 batting average. The yep. only one. Also in the top 60 are Connor Joe and Charlie Blackman. So there's five of them in the top 60. Yeah. And, and the thing about this Rockies lineup, you know, if you've watched more than one game, you realize that the lineup doesn't shift a lot. Obviously, the bench pieces are there to be bench pieces. They don't often get the starts and it's understandable, but at the same time, 
you roll out the same nine or 10 guys with the same nine or 10 results and you end up 10 games under 500. If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you have always gotten. You know, and you brought up slugging percentage a minute ago. And, and the thing that is really interesting to me, you know, obviously it's low as a team, as you mentioned. There are two guys over 400 slugging percentage wise, just two Crone and Blackman. Yeah. So, by the way, on that ground ball percentage, if you reduce it from qualified plate appearances to 150 plate appearances, yep. Uh, in the top 60, Joe and Blackman fall out, but Diaz and Daza also get in. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Diaz, that's a problem right now. Um, It it really is. You know, Diaz is a guy that I think has been passed at the moment by Brian Servant, and I never would have thought before the season started that we would have said that. But I think if you start watching this team, you're going to notice Brian Servant getting a few more innings than maybe originally thought he would just because of how – uh, horrific Diaz is right now at the plate. And for those of us, and I was one of them included, who said, hey, he had this start last year, but he started hitting better two weeks ago on the calendar this year. Yep. Or last year, I should say. And granted, the season started a week later, but he's had roughly the same amount of playing time and nothing's changed. No. No, and and as we said, this this feels like a something has to change type of podcast. Uh, it feels like a moment for the Rockies. I think getting swept at home by Cleveland, which by the way is a much better team than people realize. I think, yeah, uh, they absolutely are. So you know, I think it's better, and this is going to sound weird, better to get swept by the Guardians at home than to lose two or three to the Royals at home. In yeah, a heartbeat. yeah. So. But let's talk about some of the changes. Let's talk about what's to come. Uh, we're going to do a lot more of that right after the break here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry, back alongside my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling. We are the co-experts for RocksPile.com, and this is the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I feel like it's not a very positive edition of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and we don't have the purple pom-poms out. We Sorry. don't. We don't. And, you know, the timing of this podcast, doing it on Friday morning, you know, as we mentioned before the break, Sam Hilliard has been sent down to Albuquerque. We don't know the corresponding moves. We don't know who's going to be on that bench right now as the Padres come into town. And by the way, it's a Padres team that is red hot, uh, took care of the Cubs at Wrigley, has been scoring a lot of runs. And for those of you who have been following the Rockies for any time, Father's Day and the Padres coming to town equates into wild Coors games. So just buckle up. This could be what's actually solves the Rockies' offensive problems is just getting the Padres at Coors. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's the worst thing that the Padres are coming to Coors because, one, the Rockies have played better against uh, the Padres compared to other NOS teams. And they might actually get the bats going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird that you say that because I was thinking back, you know, Colorado took two of three in San Diego from the Padres. Or uh, two sorry, of four. Split. Sorry, they split. Yeah. I apologize. I forgot about that nasty doubleheader. It took, but they split in San Diego. 
a place where it's been a, it hasn't been the greatest place for the Rockies in seasons past. So a little bit of hope heading into the homestand that quickly dissipated. So can they find it again against the Padres? I think you've got a great point. Well, I mean, even last year, the Rockies were 11 and eight against the Padres. Yep. And, now, and even before that, yeah, it was awful, but. And, and you've heard me say this, and I may have even said this on this podcast, but I still think one of the best offseason moves by any team was Bob Melvin coming on board as the Padres manager. Yeah, I don't. This is not the Padres team that collapsed last year. I think this is a much better Padres team, and I think it's one that is absolutely going to keep uh, churning alongside the Dodgers for the NL West. I mean, they're in first place above the Dodgers right now. And how many innings has Fernando Tatis Jr. played for them? This oh, year? as many as I have, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. you, you would be. You are correct, sir. <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and that's the thing. They they will have an interesting choice to make when Tatis returns back. But how the Padres are different with Tatis than the Rockies are with Chris Bryant is they don't need Fernando Tatis back right now. It will be a luxury when he comes back. It yeah. feels like when you go to Coors Field, the Rockies are just dying for Chris Bryant to be healthy and be a part of that lineup. And, and I get why. But at the same time, it's such a difference in the two franchises right now. And I, I, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast ever. The Rockies don't have any depth. No. Hey, to, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you didn't know, the Rockies don't have any depth. Yeah. And, and I think that's where whenever we're talking about changes have to happen and everything else. I think that they've got to actually see. Yeah. It's not not necessarily an on the field change. Obviously that would help. It is a philosophical change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the depth for this is not major league ready, you know, absolutely. You know, maybe a Bouchard does well and maybe, maybe Crone gets out of his slump and, if Bouchard's playing well, oh, we can plug him in at first. We can plug Montero in at first, and we can trade Chrome. Who knows? But, I mean, something has to give. But do you remember last year? Do you remember a gentleman by the name of Taylor Motter? Yeah. Does that name ring any bells? And everybody was like, oh, maybe he'll inject some life into it. They haven't found that guy yet. I think Montero can be that guy, but he's actually got to get at-bats to be that guy. Yeah. And enough of the nickel and diming them of, oh, you're in the majors, but you're on the bench, but, oh, you're going to DH and you're going to hit ninth or, oh, you're going to be a pinch hitter. Uh, no, either play them or keep them in the minors. Yeah. And, and what you just said a moment ago about potentially trading Crone, I, I think that you've got to look, if you're the Rockies, about Jose Iglesias is a great trade piece. He's yeah. one of your best trade pieces. How are you going to fill that? Is it going to be Trejo now as the bridge for Tovar to come in? Or do you start pushing Tovar up the ranks and see if it's even possible for him to see Coors this year? Uh, I'll give you a very good answer. I say the second you trade Iglesias, you bring Tovar up. Because what has Trejo done in Albuquerque? Now, granted, he hasn't gotten a ton of playing time down there. Right. And he's been but what has he done down there? Yeah. And, and the problem is that. I think I think this is the season. You're ten games under five hundred. 
the Dodgers and Padres are not going anywhere. And if they do, guess who's going to rise? The Giants. Yeah. So, you know, there's not going to be four wildcard teams come out of the West. Okay. Yeah. Let's be honest. No, it's not going to happen. So see what you've got in Tovar. See what you've got in Tolia. See what you've got in Montero. Yeah. Give them the playing time. And yes, I realize that may, may mean moving Ryan McMahon off third base for a little bit and moving him over to a different position. But you know what? That's the only way that this team is going to actually figure out if these guys are part of the next generation or not. And it goes back to that article that you wrote so long ago about it being a critical season. I think that was last season you talked about that with the Rock. Yeah. And I still think we're in that critical time where they don't know what they don't know about these guys. And I'll bring up another guy who they should, at bare minimum, uh, look at. Uh, really talk to some teams and s- see, okay, what can we get from him? It's Charlie Blackman. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, he's been ten, uh, he's spent 10 years with the team. The only other guy to do that is Todd Helton. And uh, okay, but he has a player option for next year. Now, granted, it's going from $21 million to $10 million. But then he's a free agent after that. He's not getting any younger. No. And he'll be 36 here in two weeks. Yep. And we've seen the Rockies have to get better defensively in the outfield. It you sent your best minor uh, you you sent your best defensive outfielder to the minor leagues because he can't hit. Yep. Something's got to yeah. give. It, it does. I, I agree. And, and I am also of the opinion that no option should be off the table. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. And especially how many times did we get last year where we said, hey, they should examine trading Marquez. Oh, no. Why would you ever do that? What's he done since? Right. Yeah. It's like crap. Now, granted, the last two, three games, he's been better. But I mean, it's been 11 months yeah. since he really since he showed that he was an all star worthy player. If you go back in a time machine and tell a Rockies fan you can get in there, go back to last year's all star game and trade Herman Marquez for X player, you know, or would they players, do, yeah, yeah, would they, yeah, would they have done that looking now, knowing what they know now? And, and I think the vast majority would sit there and really go, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not Marquez for a player being named later, but no. Hey, if you give us a decent package. Yeah. Yeah. Senzatella, same thing. It, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> nobody who should be untouchable for the Rockies. I, I will dare say, I think Charlie is maybe he shouldn't be, but I think he is. Yeah. He shouldn't so, be. He shouldn't be. But I, I do think that there's a lot on that legacy, that whole, I mean, the way that the Rockies marked his service time the other day and the great links that they went to, to acknowledge that as well as all 10 were with the Rockies, you get how important it is to this franchise that Rockies or the Charlie's a homegrown Rocky. Yeah. And, and I think for him, yeah. And and I think it, it's been bad enough to see, Nolan in a Cardinals uniform, Trevor in a Rock era Red Sox uniform. To imagine Charlie in, you know, who who a Phillies uniform, or you know, whoever it might be. It, it's it's a weird thought. I'll throw a team out there. All right. And our colleague Robert Murray has been saying how this team has been looking for left-handed bats. Yep. 
What if he joins his old teammate, Ryan Tapia up in Toronto? I, I think there would be a lot of, of Rockies fans who would really become Blue Jay fans at that point. You know, and, and we talk about the NL West. Look at that AL East and how that's going to come down too with Boston and New York and Tampa and Toronto. And there's going to be some really good teams out of that division who don't see the postseason. Or we very well could see four teams in the postseason there and just have the division winners in the Central and East, or yeah. Central and West. Yeah, which is a possibility too. Because, I mean, the West stinks outside of the Astros. Oh, yeah. And uh, the White Sox, uh, they're, they're a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. It is weird to say that I'll be interested to see what Cleveland does at the trade deadline. Yeah, I absolutely will. Which um, I will offer my two cents on that one. I will say that they will go after somebody that will help them in the regular season, but if they get to the postseason, they'll choke. Because what have they done for the last 74 years? Yep. Choke. It's unfortunate. And not to mention their outfield. Granted, they have Stephen Kwan, which we saw him make that great play at Coors. Yep. yep. There are outfielders. At Stephen Kwan, he has played in what, 55 games or so? He is their third best outfielder since Manny Ramirez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, how I mean, bad. That says a lot right there, right? In seriously. 20 years. In fact, I, if I'm not mistaken by war, he is actually the third best outside of. Grady Sizemore and Michael Brantley. Oof. Oof. So you know, wonder why they have not done well in the postseason. Agreed. Again, it's the same concept as the Rockies. The outfield, okay. And the the, uh, Guardians have this too, nearly said Indians again. Uh, (laughs) They they have a log jam, quote unquote, log jam of players in different positions. Not really. Like the Rockies in the outfield. Okay, you have this quote-unquote log jam, but you have below-average player, below-average player, below-average player, average player, average player, below-average player. It's not really a log jam. Yeah. That's okay. The Phillies with Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, since he's injured and can't play the outfield. Okay, that's a bit of a log jam because really all three should be DHs, but at least all three can hit. Right. Agreed. Agreed completely. The the Rockies don't they don't have that concept of we have too many outfielders that can hit. <laughs> yeah. And and again, goes back to something's got to give. And yeah. you can't just sit back and say, well, it'll turn around. Because at that point you're gonna be 20 games under 500. Yeah. And and if you look at the schedule coming up, and we've we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I will tell you this Minnesota Miami road trip that is coming up. That could be a brutal road trip for this team. Yeah. It really could. Yeah. And the teams are the best team in the Central. And Miami is a tomb or a cemetery, usually, for the Rockies when they go to South Florida. I mean, not to mention, I mean, their offense is not great by any stretch, but you're facing Alcantara, Lopez for two of those three games. Yeah. Toast. Yeah, well, the Rockies are already toast for the year, but I mean, they, the offense would really be toast at that point. I, I think it'll, <clears throat> I think it'll be interesting to see when they actually admit that this is a team that needs to sell. You know, judging by last year's lack of much at the trade deadline, 
will this team actually admit that it needs to sell off its pieces and get better? Yeah. And, and I think by the time that the Rockies return home for that 4th of July or right before 4th of July series, which by the way, then they go to Los Angeles for four games. Uh, yeah. So at that point, you know, when do you start saying, okay, somebody wants to talk about Iglesias. Somebody wants to talk about Crone. Somebody wants to talk about Bard even let's oh, talk. Yeah. yeah. So and I hopefully uh, assuming the Rockies are in roughly the same position they are right now in a month or six weeks when the trade deadline is or roughly six weeks. Um, hopefully the, if Bard is healthy and pitching as well as he is, hopefully they trade him. Yeah. Because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. There, there's a lot of signs pointing to what they should do now. What will they do? That's yeah. the that's the, that's the other question. So yeah, and and essentially, it's a big moment for Bill Schmidt too. Yeah. I mean, there were how many neon signs were there on the road uh, for Jeff Breidich saying do this, and he completely ignored it. Well, is you know, Bill I, Schmidt now that he's the driver? Is he going to do the same thing, or is it really Bill Schmidt isn't the driver? He's the navigator. He's the passenger. And it's Dick Monfort driving, and Dick Monfort still is. Jeff Breidich jumped out a few miles back. Now that Bill Schmidt's the navigator is, well, is it Dick Monfort driving or is it Bill Schmidt driving? My my take, my prediction is that because of what happened with John Gray and Trevor Story last year's trade deadline, I don't think the Rockies sit pat again at this trade deadline. They should I think they actually make the moves that they need to make this year. That's a prediction. We'll see if it becomes a reality or not. So Yeah, because if they don't, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. And what if they what have they got? Nothing. Yep. So speaking of doing stuff, I know you have some articles that you're working on right now uh, for right. Call of the Pen as well as rockspile.com. Uh, and, and I think the one that I'm quite interested in is the one you were talking about earlier with the philosophical change. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what that turns out uh, as you start writing about that. Um, by the way, with some other people that they could trade, we mentioned Iglesias, Bard, possibly Crone, Chad cool. Yes. Free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and I think cool could well be your second or third. I, I, in my head, I don't know if they trade Chrome. I really don't. And I, and again, I'm going with my head, not my heart on that one, but I I'm, I'm going to go with my head and say they should. I'm going to oh, go with true. my heart and say they won't. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I think, I think Crone will stick around. Uh, I think cool. It definitely is right there with Iglesias is a real possibility though, for sure. Column A as well. Yes. Column A has become a real hot property all of a sudden. You're right. But Shasin and Estevez are also free agents. You know, what are you going to get from? I am trying to picture right now a Rockies bullpen without Daniel Bard, without Tyler Kinley, without Alice Colomay. And it is a frightening thought. Another one to consider, <laughs> Randall Gritchick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there, Gritch has had his moments, but I don't think he's been the impact player that everybody thought he was going to be so far. Yeah, but as we've seen in his career, look at his stats. Yep. 
OPS plus since 2016, 102, 95, 117, 93, 114, 87. This year was supposed to be the even-yeared, oh, numbers are up, and his numbers are the lowest in his career. Why? Not, He's not hitting for power. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and there's a part of me that I hope that somebody actually sees some of these numbers and goes, maybe Coors isn't a hitter's paradise for everybody. No. You know? Uh, seriously. The, yeah, you look on Baseball Reference, for example, and they – the one-year park factors are um, 113 for batting, meaning it's a 13% overall favor for batters. Like, it, it's really not. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, well, no, now, I will say that, and every game will be 14 to 13. Yeah, and, and I was just going to say, we've talked about Coors and Padres. Uh, I will be very interested to see how this goes. I will be down at Coors all weekend. Uh, so certainly keep up with us on rocks piled FS at tw- on Twitter, uh, as well as the articles that Noah and I are both doing for call of the pen and rocks pile. And Noah's even uh, contributing to the fan sided uh, MLB site as well. So nicely done there. One article too, that you will probably see on the site. In fact, might see it today. Um, in the, of what I have seen, and I will I will double check to make sure before I write it. Um, of what I have seen, there is one MLB team that this far into the season that has had a worse record than the Rockies do right now, and have made the postseason. And that team also made it to the World Series. And that team is also not a Colorado Rockies team. Granted, no. the Rockies in 07, 09, 18 had slow starts. Some of the slowest starts, in fact, in baseball history of getting to the playoffs, but not the slowest. But not the slowest. It's a good tease, and it's going to be a good article. I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, we will have some information on the newest Rockies, the moves that were made, what this means to the team. Uh, we're keeping up with all of that on rockspile.com. So please make sure you're following us on Twitter as well as checking out our fresh content every day. For my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And as always, go Rockies. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.